So last week, if you weren't here, we talked about how God helps us in trouble. God loves to help us in trouble. And one of the questions that we have that I had was, but does God help us in trouble of our own making? And if you didn't hear last week's sermon, please do get it, because we answer that question, and of course we know that the answer through Jesus Christ is yes and amen, that Jesus helps us even in trouble of our own making. When those decisions, when it was maybe a bad decision we made, or even a sinful action that we had, that God is still helping us. Proverbs 11.8, if you want to turn there, you can. Proverbs 11.8 says this, the righteous is delivered from trouble. The righteous is delivered from trouble. And do you know that today, when you put your faith in Jesus, that you have become the very righteousness of God? Your righteousness is not from the law. It is not from your obedience to the law or your perfection. It is from the perfection of Jesus Christ. And every promise that is in God's word that talks about the righteous and what the righteous deserve, that was given to Jesus because he deserved it. He's the only one. And because of Jesus, it comes upon you. The righteous is delivered from trouble. Mm. I want to start today off, that was just a little tidbit from last week. I want to start today off with some fresh manna from heaven. And uh, I believe the Lord uh, put this little, it, it's not part of the overall sermon, but I need to say it. Uh, there's a scripture in the Bible that says, faith without works is dead. Faith without works is dead. And family, you know that we're uh, big believers on right believing. We're, we're, we're believers for a reason, right? The, even the title gives away what we are. But this scripture is accurate. Faith without works is dead. You know, Jesus, some guys came to him one time, some Pharisees, and also uh, I think probably some people that turned into disciples, and they said, what are the works that we must do to please God? And Jesus' response was, believe on him who God sent believe. The work of God is to believe. Now, let me just uh, preface this, that as you believe rightly about Jesus, that it will lead you to right living, okay? It will lead you to right living. So, you don't have to worry about the works part. Your job is to fix your eyes on Jesus and believe rightly about him, and his grace will supernaturally transform you and teach you to live rightly. Make sure that you know who you are in Christ. Make sure that you know that you are the righteousness of God. Amen? Now, how do we enact our faith? How do we kind of, how do we get it to kind of get cooking a little bit? Well, there's a way. How do we make faith work? It's in 2 Corinthians 4.13, and you can turn there if you'd like. This is from the NIV. 2 Corinthians 4.13 says this, It is written, I believed, therefore... What's it there for? Because you believed. I believed, therefore, I have spoken. I have spoken. Since we have the same spirit of faith, we also believe, and therefore, we speak. Start to activate your faith today, family, by speaking the truth about who you are and what Jesus has done for you. This is not a personality thing. Let me just tell you, if you're an introvert, this has nothing to do with your personality. God has given you a spirit of boldness so that you can speak forth the truth of who God is. This is not just for extroverts. This is for every person. 
just where you are to start to activate your faith by speaking the truth about who Jesus is and what Jesus has done. And let me also tell you, we're very specific about the music that we sing here because we believe that the lyrics of the songs are going to be the gospel themselves. They're going to be good news. And so I encourage you, even if you don't have a good voice, even if you can't sing, open your mouth and let it come forth because you are activating your faith as you sing, as you speak. Amen? I know that uh, some of us in here, we're, we're quieter, and maybe we, we're just, yeah, just singing's not my thing. But let me encourage you, as you sing, as you speak, your world starts to change around you. Our worlds, this is something I heard recently, your world is created by the words that you speak. Your words and your singing change your atmosphere. It changes circumstances. It changes even your inside. I promise you. If you come on Sunday morning and you're like, man, I just, it's been a hard week and I just don't feel, I don't feel like praising the Lord. I don't feel joyful. Let me just tell you, somebody back there feels joyful. <laughs> Let me just tell you, as you use your mouth, your faith will start to rise. And I promise you, your feelings will follow. Your feelings will follow as you speak and sing rightly. Remember what Paul said. He said, always, always sing to yourself and to others hymns and psalms. Continually do it, okay? Even if you can't sing, I promise you, something happens when you start to try. Just try. Mm. I know that some of y'all are still waiting for your glorified body so that you can sing on key. But until that point, <laughs> you just go ahead and let it fly. Just open up and let it go. Amen? <laughs> this is not a personality thing. This is a Holy Spirit thing. This is a Christian activity thing. Let your faith be activated by your speaking. All right. Okay. Now to the message. <laughs> Now to the message. So this week, uh, the Lord put a, um, uh, there's a, there's an animated story. I don't care what y'all think. Nicole and I like to watch cartoons. <laughs> we like to watch animated movies. Uh, uh, just the, uh, what's the one with the, uh, the, oh man, I just spaced totally. Um, the superheroes that, uh, the family with the kids, the Incredibles. That's like one of the best movies ever made. We love that movie. And there's another movie that is little known, but it's almost as good. The only reason it's not quite as good is because there's no superheroes and superpowers and stuff. But there's a movie called Meet the Robinsons. And this is a cartoon. Now, it's a, it's a redo from something in the past. But Meet the Robinsons is about uh, this, the life of Lewis Robinson. And he is an orphan. He was dropped off at the doorstep uh, of the orphanage when he was a baby. And he, he grows up and as he's growing up, because he's an orphan, he's dealing with all kinds of real-life things. He's dealing with shame. He's dealing with rejection. And God has put this amazing gift into this child. He is an inventor like you wouldn't believe. And one time he, he invents something. He takes it to the school where they have a competition, and his invention blows up. And he starts to deal with more of these issues of rejection because now if he can't find his identity in who his family is, now he's got to find it in what he does. And his failure has led him to feel ashamed and live in condemnation. But do you know that God had bigger plans for this little boy in this cartoon? Praise God. Because <laughs> he represents you and I. 
He represents you and I. Now, he goes home, and he's, he's just, man, he's, he's like 11 years old, and he's grown up in the orphanage. Now, when you get to that age and nobody has adopted you, you're dealing with some pretty serious feelings, okay? You're dealing with some serious rejection. And so he's just about to call life quits, and this dude comes from the future. His name is Will Robinson. Will Robinson comes, and he's got this amazing vehicle that's a, it's a, it's a time machine, and he grabs Lewis, and he's like, Lewis, i got to take you somewhere right now. And Lo, uh, do you know that they, they go to the future? They go to the future, and Lewis is going, and it's like 30 years into the future, something like that, and there's flying cars, there's space and time machines, everybody is happy, and Lewis is going, wow, this is amazing, this is what the future of the world looks like, and Will's going, yep, sure does, it looks great, doesn't it? And so Lewis meets Will's family, and he loves them because they're all inventors. And so they go to sit around this table, and they're sharing their inventions, and he's just so inspired because he wants to be an inventor. He's so inspired. And, uh, <laughs> and he has another opportunity to fix somebody's invention at the table where all the family is, and he attempts to fix it, and guess what? It fails again, and he starts to go into this self-condemnation, this rejection, this shame. But the family lifts him up, and they say this to him, and I'll never forget. They said, you know what, Lewis? We have a family motto. It's keep moving forward. Keep moving forward. And you, they go around the circle, and you see that all of them are, quote, inventors, and they've all failed a thousand times. And they're actually excited about their failures, and they laugh about them together because they realize that that one step of failure is one step closer to having success and making it right. And they're so uh, just loving towards him and accepting of him. And he's like, man, I don't ever want to go back to my own time. I've found my family finally. What he didn't know, what he didn't know was that family was actually his family in the future. His family in the future. You see, he didn't know that there was greatness that God had put inside of him, but God let him see a glimpse of the future to give him hope so that he could see what God was about to do. And he found out that it was him who was the head of the household because he hadn't met the dad yet. He hadn't met the dad yet of, of all this family that he was sitting around with. And he meets the dad later, and he finds like, holy cow, it's, it's me in 30 years. And so anyway, he goes back in time, and he goes back to his real time. And because he knows now the greatness that God has put in him, he can move throughout his life with hope and joy and patience and peace. Do y'all see where I'm going with this? Do y'all see where I'm going for this? Mm. Mm. <laughs> you see, I have to let you know, family, that Jesus did not just purchase your past. He purchased your present, and he purchased your future. And all of it is in his hand, and he's got great plans for you because of what Jesus has done. He's made you unique. He's given you talents and what we need to do is keep moving forward. Keep moving forward. Jeremiah 29, 11 says this, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. It's by faith 
in God's goodness that we lay hold of this promise. By faith in Jesus, his perfection is declared over you. In 2 Corinthians 5.21, it says that you have been declared the very righteousness of God, not by the righteous acts that you have done, but by the righteousness of him who did do it. By faith, we are declared perfect in Hebrews 10, verse 4. It says, you have been perfected. Mm, perfected. By faith in Jesus, we are set apart for great things. In 1 Corinthians 1.30, it says that Christ has become for us wisdom, and he's become for us our sanctification, which literally means to be set apart. Hagiosmos means you are no longer common. When you encountered Jesus, there was something that happened to you. Doesn't matter where you're at. Doesn't matter if you, uh, if you felt like you didn't have any influence, no say. When you came into Jesus' family and Jesus lived inside of you, you became a king and a priest. And what you say carries weight. What you say carries weight. What you do carries weight because of who lives inside of you. Because of who lives inside of you. By faith, any curse that was over your life has been broken by Jesus and his sacrifice. Galatians 3.13 says that Jesus redeemed us from the curse of the law. From the curse of the law. You are not to be subject to curses no generational curses, no family curses, no curse of poverty, no curse of sickness. Because of what Jesus has done, he wants you to live a life of victory. He wants you to live a life of victory. You are not destined for defeat. You are not destined for mediocrity. You are destined to reign in life and to accomplish great things because of who Jesus is and what he's done for you. Somebody say amen to that. Come on, let's use your faith. Say amen. amen. There it is. Gosh, I love it. I love it. 1 Corinthians 15, 57 says, But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Where does victory come from? Jesus. It doesn't come from your own hand. It doesn't come from how smart you are. It doesn't come from how charismatic you are. It doesn't come from how gifted you are. Your victory, family, comes from a person. His name is Jesus. Amen? Mm. You know, I imagine that if, uh, if, if God were to go into this cartoon, if he was to speak to Lewis Robinson, he would be speaking to the boy who was 11 years old, who was an orphan boy, who had no family of his own, who in his mind probably didn't have very many friends. He had no inventions, no gifts, no talents. And you know what God would have said to this boy? Because God calls things that are not as though they were. He would have said, Lewis Robinson, you are master inventor and father of a family that will change the world. Do you know he did this to a certain person named Abram? He said and promised Abram, you are a father of many nations. Before Abram had a single child, and God changed his name to Abraham, he put the H in, which stands for grace. He put grace on Abraham, and so every time somebody said his name, even though it wasn't his immediate reality. Every time somebody said the name Abraham, he was reminded of who he is and what God was going to do. Isn't that beautiful? It was, it was so, I just love how the, how the Lord works. In Romans 4.17, 
Romans 4.17, it says this, As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him who believed, God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they do. You see, God lives outside of time. And so I love the story of, of, of Lewis Robinson because it's kind of how God wants you to feel about yourself. It's kind of how God wants you to view yourself. If you could see what, from the viewpoint of God, that's kind of what Lewis had a chance to do. He got to go to the future to see how wonderful his life was and how amazing he truly was and that he had a family. He belonged to somebody. God wants to do the same for you the way he did for Abraham. He wants you to see yourself through the lens that he sees you. Amen? In the NLT, it says this. That is what the scriptures mean when God told him. It's the same one. I have made you the father of many nations. This happened because Abraham believed in God. This happened because Abraham believed in God. He believed in God. Isn't that beautiful? You know, it's, it's one thing, uh, family, if you had to earn God's love, if you had to earn his promises, if you had to earn those. The truth is, is all of us would fall short and we continually fall short. It's only by believing in Jesus that you inherit and you activate the promises of God. Amen? Mm. Jesus purchased all of you. He purchased your whole life. And I need to say this, okay? He didn't just purchase your past failures. He didn't just purchase your current failures. He purchased your future failures. Do you know that when Jesus died on the cross, you weren't even born yet? So, <laughs> okay, it's not just your past sin that was taken care of. Because when you look to the cross, it happened 2,000 years ago. If that were the case, then you would have had to have been born at the time of Jesus, and you would have had to live at that same exact time. But because the cross exists outside time, Jesus took all of your life of failure, all of your life of sin at that time, so that you could become the righteousness of God. Mm. Through Jesus, you are declared to be a success. You are declared to be a world changer. You are declared to be a planet shaker. You are declared a king and a priest. You are declared a reigner. You are reigners, family. You're going to reign in life through Jesus Christ. Mm. In Romans 4.18, right after 4.17, it says this, Even when there was no hope, Abraham kept hoping. Keep hoping, family. God will make it happen. Believing that he would become the father of many nations, for God had said to him, that's how many descendants you will have. Even when there was no hope, Abraham kept looking at the Lord, and hope came. Mm. You don't have to worry about how. You don't have to worry about when. When you fix your eyes on Jesus, all those things get washed away. And you can live in rest and peace and joy. That's the kingdom of God, family. Do you know that the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit? Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. If you're not at peace, 
tell the Lord, Lord, I want to experience more of your kingdom because peace is part of the kingdom. If you don't have enough joy, Lord, I want to experience more of your kingdom because the kingdom is joy. Amen? Ah, it's good. Mm. Philippians 3.9. Turn with me there. Philippians 3.9. I'm going to read this from the New Living Translation, NLT, Philippians 3.9. It starts like this. I'm going to start a little bit into it. I no longer count on my own righteousness through obeying the law. Rather, I become righteous through faith in Christ. For God's way of making us right with himself depends on faith. Depends on faith. That's how God makes you right with himself. Not only do you have right relationship with the Lord, you're in right standing with the Lord. You can freely come to the throne of grace and talk to him. You don't need to go to a priest. You don't need to go to a pastor. You can go to Jesus yourself, and he listens to you, and he hears you, and he answers you. Not only that are you in right relationship, but God has made you right as a person. You need to know that you are no longer a sinner, You have become a saint in Christ. You are the righteousness of God. It's your identity. You have to throw away other identities. You're not just a boss. You're not just a worker. You're not just a mom or a dad. You're not this or that. You're not a... You can't even think about yourself as an American, yourself as a Bronco fan. Praise God, Broncos. And um, (laughs) the identity that was given to you is the righteousness of God in Christ. That is your identity. Speak out who you are. Anyway, continue. Sorry. Uh, Where was I? Uh, For God's way of making us right with himself depends on faith. Drop down to verse 12. Uh, I don't mean to say that I have already achieved these things or that I have already reached perfection, but I press on to possess that perfection which Christ Jesus first possessed me. Christ has possessed you. Verse 13. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but here's the key. But I focus on one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. You know, the family motto from uh, Meet the Robinsons actually comes from Walt Disney. That's where they took it from because Walt Disney used to say, we have to keep moving forward. Do you know where he got that from? He got it from Paul. Paul wants you to know the same thing. Keep moving forward. Forget the past and look forward to what lies ahead. Amen? You see, the Lord wants you to let go of the bad decisions that you've made. He wants you to let go of the mistakes. He wants you to forget about where you've fallen short. And he wants you to fix your eyes on Jesus and keep moving forward. Because God is not done with you yet. He's got great plans for you right now. Mm. This is Paul who's saying this. And I imagine um, he's saying it from this standpoint. Do you know that before Paul became a believer, he persecuted the church of Christ? He persecuted them. Matter of fact, uh, a lot of theologians believe that when Stephen died, he was stoned. most likely by Pharisees and people of the law. He was stoned to death. Most theologians believe that Paul was there, and he probably participated in that. And not only that, but there's probably um, 
Paul probably participated in dozens of Christians' death, whether he did it directly or indirectly. And so Paul has every reason to feel shame. Paul has every reason to feel condemned. Paul has every reason to not want to move forward and just go, you know what, I'm just going to call it quits. I'm not good enough to do anything for the Lord. I'm not good enough to be uh, at the top of my office. I'm not good enough to do this. I'm not good enough to be a good parent or whatever it is. Paul had every reason, and yet he tells this to us, family. He says, forget your past and keep moving forward. And I love it because he, he qualifies it with this. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ, is calling us. Christ is calling you, family. He's calling you. He's calling you. Say, don't, don't fix your attention on your past. Fix your eyes on me. Fix your eyes on me. Forgetting what is behind and looking forward to what is to come. Amen? Ah, it's good. You have a bright future. Romans 4, 8. Oh, excuse me. Romans 4, 5. Turn with me to Romans 4, 5 in the NLT is where I'm going to read it. Romans 4, verse 5 says this. But people are counted as righteous not because of their work, but because of their faith in God who forgives sinners. David also spoke of this when he described the happiness of those who are declared righteous without working for it. Oh, what joy for those whose disobedience is forgiven, whose sins are put out of sight. Yes, what joy for those whose record the Lord has cleared of sin. Mm. Three times he mentions joy or happiness, and he talks about where it comes from. You see, David was looking forward to the day that has now arrived for you and I. We get to have a relationship with God that is not hindered by our mistakes, family, our relationship is cleared. It is open because of the perfection of Jesus and what joy it is. If you feel like, man, you're just struggling with joy, maybe there's some depression in your life, go to the Lord and let him remind you of the forgiveness that you have in Christ. Let him remind you because it says in God's word, and, and Jesus was talking to those who know that they are forgiven of much, they love much. But also here, those who know they've been forgiven much have much joy. Much joy. Happiness is found in Jesus. And I love it because David, David he says, man, what happiness for those who are declared righteous without working, without working, without striving, without being awesome all the time. What happiness for you and I, family? What happiness for you and I? <laughs> and I want to say this, that um, your sin has been put out of sight. But you have to know that, that sin is not just your moral failings. Sin in the Greek is actually uh, to miss the mark. You ever miss the mark on something? You ever miss the mark? Okay, yeah, right? You ever just maybe, ooh, didn't, didn't quite live up to my standard or to the standard that I think is possible or to God's standard. That decision maybe, maybe wasn't, quote, a morally wrong one, but maybe it fell short of the glory of the Lord. Anything that is not of faith. So let me just help you understand. 
that when Jesus, or when, when David declares that your sin has been put away, he's declaring to you, family, that your mistakes, your bad decisions, the things of your past, even your present and future mistakes, they have all been put away. What joy for those who even their failures are put away at the cross. Amen? What joy for you and I. Now, I have to say this as well. I'm going to read it, actually, because I felt like this was right from the Holy Spirit. It says this. Um, as we are forgetting the past, we have to also do this. Don't let the dream of a better future destroy the joy of your present. Don't let the dream of a better future destroy the joy to be had in the present. God wants you, he doesn't want you living in a potential future. He wants you living in a present now where his joy, his grace, and his blessing are flowing to you right now. Somebody say amen. You see, we can have hope for the future, just like that little boy Lewis probably had hope after seeing getting to see with his eyes what God was going to do through him. But do you know that you can't live in the future? You have to live now. You have to live in the now. And there's joy and grace right now for you. Amen? Tomorrow's grace has not arrived. Don't live there. Yesterday's grace is gone. Just like the manna that came. They could not save the manna for another day. There was only enough provision for today. Jesus said, tomorrow has plenty of troubles. Don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about how you're going to get there. Let Jesus worry about how he's going to take you there. Amen? Philippians 4:11 through 13 says this. This is Paul again. Not that I was ever in need. Okay, pause. He says, not that I was ever in need. Why? Because God always takes care of his kids. Not that I was ever in need, for I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. Verse 12, I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or an empty one, with plenty or with little. What is the secret, Paul? What is the secret? Verse 13, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Yes. Ah, oh, it's good. You see, Paul learned that even though his future was bright and he was going to change the world, not only was he busy forgetting his past, forgetting his past failures, but he was busy being content with where God had him right now. You know, family, I find myself sometimes when I'm thinking about something that I want that I can become emotionally unavailable at times because I'm, I'm, I'm forward thinking and I'm, I'm waiting for this thing to happen. And then when it arrives, I'm just like, well, that was kind of a letdown. And then I have to start looking for the next thing. You know, God doesn't want you to be emotionally in the future he doesn't want your emotions in the past. He wants your emotions right here and right now so that you're available for the people in your life to love them, to enjoy them right now. Mm. Worship team, come on up.
I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Would you stand with me? Lord Jesus, we just thank you so much that when you redeemed us, when you paid the price for us, when you bought us, you didn't just buy us uh, with a, a squeaky clean future, Lord, that you bought us just as we are, and you redeemed us, not just from our past, but from our present and our future. Lord, you have delivered us and rescued us with your goodness, Lord. <laughs> and so, Lord, I just thank you right now that you're helping us and helping us to, to learn, Jesus, how to enjoy the now, forgetting our past mistakes, forgetting our failures, and pressing on to that which Christ possessed us for, this wonderful victory that Jesus has paid. Lord, we just thank you for it. We worship you and honor you. Come on, family, let's worship him. One, two, one, two, three, four, five, six, 